you know, I was sitting in the most beautiful environment in Vancouver and I, I felt awful and I felt like there's not nobody here who, who knows that I'm, I'm sitting here in my Airbnb and I'm just crying every day and I find it so hard. Hello, and thank you for joining our podcast, Hope to Recharge, a show that is designed to bring hope, inspiration, motivation, and some practical tips to those that are battling depression and anxiety, and to those that are supporting loved ones that are going through the journey in this difficult time of depression and anxiety. I'm here to tell you, you are not alone, and we will live beyond depression and anxiety. We will share our stories one story at a time in a world of mental health together is better. I'm your host, Matana. Thank you for tuning in. Hello and welcome to my podcast, Hope to Recharge. I have a very special guest today, Mary Straka. I'm hoping- Oh, that was, that was, was that right. Good? Yes? Yes. Introduce hello. yourself. I want to hear you <laughs> saying it in your words. Okay. Um, hello. My name is Mary Straka. Um, the name is German. So uh, a lot of people struggle with it, but you did it perfectly. Thank you. Thank you for, for joining me. Mary, we know each other for over a year from social media. She actually lives between London and Germany and um, she goes back and forth. And I had the honor of meeting her personally in New York. We met in June last year. She just reminded me it was June. I thought it was two years ago because we became so close. And I thought we'd know each other for longer, but she reminded me that was just last year that we met <laughs> in Midtown Manhattan on a lovely kosher little store. And we went back realizing that we're more connected than we even think we are, even though we live on the opposite side of the globe. I love everything about her spirit, her energy. I found her on Instagram. She was blogging about depression and anxiety and her journey on it. And I don't even know how I found it. It, it came my way with the divine energy of God. And I really believe that. What struck me so amazingly about Mary was that she was so open about it. And she was inviting everybody on her journey of healing through depression and anxiety and she was so humble, is so humble still about the journey. Now, she's so freaking talented, a writer, uh, actress, a comedian, a real artist, full of heart, full of love, joy. And she is beautiful inside out, literally beautiful inside out. So it's such an honor for me to have this conversation with her on my podcast. One of my first interviews, uh, I was just reminding her that when I met her in Manhattan last year, I told her she was the first person I told about the podcast, about my dream. And here we are fulfilling my dream. And she is going to be on my first journey of this podcast. So thank you so much for being here with me. I'm so happy because... I know we were sitting in this, this tiny restaurant, weren't we, mm -hmm. on that beautiful day in Manhattan, and you were telling me all about this idea about a podcast and, you know, giving it that, that new sense from your perspective, from your community as well, and merging it with, for example, my perspective, how I've come through, you know, the world of mental health, and I thought that was so inspiring, and I remember um, getting on the tube, no, not the tube, we're not in London, <laughs> getting on the subway <laughs> uh, in New York 
and thinking, wow, I, I really 100% believe that she's going to do this podcast. So I was not surprised when you called me and said, oh, I'm actually, you know, finally doing it. Yes. You know, so well done. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I've been watching your journeys of traveling. You love to travel. You love adventure. You love living life. I find that part of our struggles as dealing with depression and anxiety is how are we going to feel tomorrow where we are when we love to travel? Is our image of today going to be what we dream of when we wake up tomorrow? So how do you deal with that when you travel so much and you have like, you, you, you told me last year you want to be in so many countries and you've fulfilled so many of that. So how does that come with your journey, your journey of traveling, interact with your journey of depression and anxiety? Well, I, I think that it's first of all, it's important to acknowledge that it is not easy to travel, especially by yourself, um, when you have anxiety and depression and I had some PTSD fun as well in there. You know, when you have that in your luggage, it isn't easy. You do have to be aware of, I think, different things than if you're a carefree person that never thinks too much, um, which I generally think, you know, there are very few of that special breed. So I think what's important is to be realistic that you will have days that just feel you know, pretty shit. And it doesn't matter if you sit in the most beautiful environment, if you look at palm trees, or, you know, if you sit in a coffee shop in Manhattan, or Las Vegas, or you're staring at the Grand Canyon. Um, it, It really doesn't matter. You will have that morning where you wake up and the sun just doesn't feel as warm. And to not then go into a panic on top of that negative feeling, I think is most important to be realistic in the sense that, you know, okay, well, this is just the same as if this is happening at home. I just have these feelings and they're valid and I'm just going to do what I do at home, which is I treat myself to something nice. I try and be kind to myself, mm. even if I am in an amazing city or, you know, in, in the rainforest or whatnot, I do not have to go outside right now. Despite mm. the fact I'm traveling and I'm paying, of course, for this experience, mm-hmm. if I don't feel like it, mm. I can, you know, I can have a, an hour-long shower or eat a big piece of cake or in my pajamas and not leave the house and not feel guilty about that on top mm. of it. That's because so important. I think, yes, because I think when you travel, mm, you have this expectation and this pressure <laughs> that mm. every day needs to be amazing. Mm. And if you're only traveling, say, for like a week, you go to a tropical island with your family or your friends. It's possibly achievable mm. <laughs> that you can do that. But if you travel long term, naturally, you're going to have down days. It, mm. It's uh, even for a person who doesn't suffer um, from any mental health issues as such. I think they, they also have a negative, you know, a day where they just get up with the wrong foot. And, um, and I think, therefore, it's important to know that only because you're embarking on this big adventure, it doesn't change the fact that these times just happen. And um, I would also say what is important to do before you go away is to know your support system Mm. and to know, is there someone I can call? Because if you're in a place um, where you don't know anyone, like when I was in Canada, I just didn't know a single soul. 
that's why I was so glad to meet people in New York where I went afterwards but I you know I was sitting in the most beautiful environment in Vancouver and I, I felt awful and I felt like there's not nobody here who who knows that I'm I'm sitting here in my Airbnb and I'm just crying every day and I find it so hard so being able to call someone back home is I think truly truly important uh, that you have on speed dial that you can also call in the middle of the night because of the time difference and and that person can just give you a, a, a hug through the telephone yeah things that, like that that's Be so aware. true it's so true and um as you're saying it i'm remembering that me living in new york and my family in israel seven hours apart yeah was always a bonus for me because when my new york support went to sleep it was the morning of my sisters and my parents my friends in Israel that I can always say, okay, everybody's sleeping. It's one, two o'clock in the morning here. I can't fall asleep. I'm having an anxiety attack. Walk me through it. Just hear me cry or, or, or tell me I'm going to yes. be okay. And I forgot about that. So thank you for reminding me how important and vital that was to really remember that we can have a support all over. Even if it's not right near us, someone holding our hand, we really can reach out to support everywhere. And especially with traveling, because it could get very lonely. Oh, when, yeah. Very, very lonely. And when you're dealing with depression, it could get, you could get sucked into this darkness and say like, wait, we're right in front of the Grand Canyon. We should be the happiest mm -hmm. person in the world. Why am I feeling like I want to jump off the Grand Canyon right now? Yes. Right? So, yeah. I remember watching it, your adventure and I'm like, she is so strong. She is so strong because I would never be able to go in my, in my hard times when I was depressed. I would never be able to even leave my community. It was so big for me, the idea of leaving. I needed my, my bed, my bathroom, my car. And seeing you travel, I'm like, oh my God, she is so strong. And I knew what you were going through because you were blogging about it. How do you tap into that? Because I'm sure you had fear. I'm sure you had fear. Oh, absolutely. So how do you I, tap into that energy of saying, I'll be okay? Oh, that's, uh, it's, it's funny because even when you say, oh, she's so strong, uh, deep down inside, everything goes like, no, she isn't. She's <laughs> totally not strong. And um, I'm just sort of faking it. I think that's probably not the right word. So the fear, yes. I was very scared. Also, bear in mind, I hadn't actually left Europe up until my travel last year um, because I'd moved to the UK when I was 21 and so I spent 12 years there very happily going back and forth between London and, and Germany and just visiting friends in, in Europe which you can do for a while without getting bored but um, I hadn't actually done the thing where I felt like a true foreigner you know because mm. within Europe I feel quite at home um, so I was very scared but the reason why I ended up doing it and I overcame this fear was because I felt that I had gotten myself into a situation where every day felt exactly the same. Mm. And I couldn't see how I was enhancing my experience on this planet by doing the same thing every day. Mm. And it was kind of the universe that gave me that push. And um, our landlord decided to renovate the house. We had to move out. And this was my, my home for seven years. I thought, okay, well, I can try and get a new place in London. It's very expensive over there. So mm, that's going to be a challenge because my place was lovely and very affordable. Or 
I can just embrace this and try see the positive thing. And that is, okay, well, I have a job as a writer where I can actually work from wherever, which is such a fortunate position to be in. Mm. And I haven't used that to, to any good. Mm. I'm living the life of someone who works in an office, mm. although I don't work in an office. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fear of life passing me by, oh, wow. you know, was so much bigger at that point and the push I had to move anyways. I had to do something I was very scared of anyways. That made me decide that, okay, I'm going to get rid of everything. I'm going to get rid of my furniture. I'm not going to put things into, for, into storage either. <clears throat> I'm just going to have one suitcase and I see where it takes me. You know, I'm not going to lie. I had friends waiting in LA at the beginning of the journey. Um, where I knew, okay, this was going to be my first stop for quite a few weeks to get used to America and and that sort of thing. So I think with depression, as you say, when you're really fully on it, you most likely cannot get out of bed. You don't see the light at the end of the tunnel. You You have that sense of there is no hope for anything left, right? When I booked my tickets, I wasn't in that place. Okay. So... I don't think I would have been able to do that in that place without anyone really holding my hand and doing it all for me. But because I had mapped out the journey when I was in a good place, Mm. it was okay. But before I went traveling, I decided that I was going to come off my medication because yes. Oh my God. And I didn't want to be dependent on meds while I was abroad because I was worried. What if I lose them? You know, I don't want to sit there having the withdrawal symptoms by myself. And I um, remember you also talking about the fact that you wanted to see that you could maybe live yes. one day. Like you were passionate to go back. Can I be yeah. without it one day? And you said, okay, yes. once I'm doing change, maybe I could do the change together. How did that Absolutely. work out? Well, um, I was on um, a an antidepressant that's called, uh, I think, in the US it's called Effexa, in England it's called um, Venlafaxin. Mm-hmm. And people have compared it to crack when it comes to you wow. know, withdrawal. Wow. Um, I didn't know that, but mm. I can 100% confirm this. Not that I've had any experience with crack, mm-hmm. but I did feel like a junkie uh, without yeah. my drugs. And I would have not been able to do it if I wouldn't have had my family in Germany who said, okay, when the real tough period, which is like the first two, three weeks kick in, you come here. I had already tampered myself off very slowly over, I think, the course of three months before that, but I hadn't done the the proper, okay, no medication. I had still taken it every other day and I had this pill cutter to cut it into tiny pieces. Mm. Um, But then when I was here and and I had the whole withdrawal thing, it was was terrible. It was awful. It was like someone put me right back into the worst times of my depression and anxiety. The worst times. I woke up my mum in the middle of the night. And, you know, I'm a 34-year-old woman, 33 back then. I don't particularly, you know, want to do that. (laughs) But um, I woke her up in the middle of the night every night crying and saying, I can't do this. I cannot continue. I, there's something wrong with me. This is why I need the meds because look at me, look at what I'm, I'm like without it. But the truth is, this is simply your body trying to flush out the toxins and trying to get used to 
its own um, household again and you know its own serotonin production so to get through this time if anyone would have said then are you ready to go on a journey in what was it three weeks time i would have said no i'm never mm. leaving this bed never 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 mm. but it did get better and i did have people to help me um i wondered a lot about other people who don't have friends and family right i don't know how they do it i don't um, think they can no and it explains to me why so many people are hooked on it right and again i'm i'm very very um always very clear about i think if it works for you there is no shame in taking medication and um, some people can't get off of it i always say it's very clear everybody needs to know if they can or cannot yeah i had a big vision to get off of mine just like you i yeah. was determined and i tried a few times and i failed and i went back on it but i believe that we get to a place of security and knowing it's that knowing I can, and maybe if I can't, I'll go back to it. And I have a support, yes. but it's so important that people understand that it's not for everyone and it's a journey and it's hard. And everybody's journey on meds is different because everybody's body reacts differently. Yeah. Like the way I got off meds, it's completely different than your journey because our chemicals are different, our environment, our traumas. Maybe some people really, really need it for their whole life. And they mm -hmm. struggle with it. With It's their happy day, but it's also the, the side effects are hard. So you were lucky that you were able to. Are you off of it completely now? Yeah, I am. Oh, oh uh, I didn't one, know one that. Year. Yes, one year off. Off of everything? Um, yeah. Nothing? Yeah, nothing. Wow. Yeah. Can I'm, you I'm, celebrate this big time? Yeah, it is. It feels like I'm back in control. Right. Um, but I also have to say, I do spiral lower again right uh, I, I can now i know i now have a very clear um feeling of what the antidepressants actually did how they cushioned things they took off the edge it, it just wasn't as raw the pain wasn't as raw mm. now when i go to bad places and believe me i i still do um mm. not as frequently but i i still have my days it it feels you know, I can, I can burst into tears again, which is something I, I just didn't do. Mm -hmm. um, and then I can go into this really numb mood, you know, where you really don't get out of bed and you just question what's it all about and what's the point. So I still have that, but I also have now this toolbox sort of emotionally mm -hmm. when, okay, also through therapy, um, if that feeling strikes, here is my list of things to do. And it's, Who taught you that? Yeah. How did you get that toolbox? What, how did you accumulate it? What mm. is it made out of? It has come from therapy, mm. uh, without a doubt. And also trial and error. You know, I, you notice what things work. For me, for example, I know it sounds stupid, but the, if I can drag myself into a bathtub, mm. heat actually works for me. Oh, wow. Anything with heat or hot water bottle or um, but it's good if I, if I try somehow to leave the bed. So if I don't stay in the bed for the heat, but if I have something that makes me feel warm, that for example, but I always hate when, when some people online say, oh, just have a bubble bath yeah. because it's not that simple. Right. Um, and it's something, you know, that's not right. what I mean. I don't mean light all the candles and throw right. a bath bomb in. Right. But right. for me, heat is a, is a real uh, thing that makes me feel better. But also, um, I think I, I wrote a guest article about, that as well I wrote a letter to myself when I was feeling well and I think this is actually a, a good piece of advice 
so I wrote in, in my happiest moment, I sat down and I thought, okay, I'm going to write to Mari now when she's feeling really, really low. And I'm actually the biggest cheerleader to myself, right? Because I know me so well. I know what works if I'm well. Wow. Right? So um, I wrote down, so, dear Mari, um, I know you don't feel very well right now, but I'm just going to tell you that this too shall pass, that legendary sentence. And I'm going to just remind you of all the wonderful things we've seen so far and the things we've overcome. And then I kind of put together a little list of amazing moments, like, you know, seeing all the stars above the Grand Canyon, that sort of thing, seeing an so eagle in Canada. And, yeah, and, and um, you know, the, the whales in Reykjavik. Or, so from that travel, I had a lot of stuff to put on there. But there was also things like, you know, the re- listing the relationships I, I have in my life. Mm. The, the little moments that brought me joy and that are worth living for because that really is what the letter is about. It's giving you a reason to say, ah, okay, I feel horrible right now. I do not have any hope, but there is this, I wrote this. I know mm. that I wrote this. Right. <gasps> so and profound. I, and it's so simple, really. It takes you maybe less than 15 minutes. Were you crying? You know? Were you crying when you wrote it? I didn't cry when I wrote it. Um, but I have frequently so far cried when I read it right. because it takes me out of this um, numb feeling of quiet desperation that I, I feel when, when I'm depressed and it, it makes me emotional in a good way mm-hmm. in, in the kind of being touched by, by life's experience and to Incredible. really, yes. And, and remember that we're here to, have a good time you know in in that sense what are we here for to love and connect with each other and and make the most of it you know have a joyful time so that that letter has really helped me so far that's such a good tip that is a wonderful (laughs) tip because i always tell people to remember when they have a good day remember this good day i said and hold it in your toolbox i actually call it a toolbox i said remember this good day because you're going to have hard times and just remember that good days come. But writing it down is so visual and so specific because sometimes it's hard to go back to the memories when you're in oh, the yeah. It's very hard to remember or recall. You're like, no, it's bleak. It's horrible. I don't remember anything good. But when you actually physically wrote it down and you're reading something that you know that you wrote, it's so helpful to recall those times and actually bring back those emotions and those gratitude feelings of what you do where you accomplished, yeah. where you could be, where you want to be, where your people in your life, your support network, which is so fabulous. And yeah. I think also um, the fact that you take out this letter, you know, I have it on my phone, so I have it available mm-hmm. all the time. But when I then look at it and I open up the file, it really does feel to me like I'm actively trying to help myself. You know, I'm not putting a pill in my mouth. But I have, you know, that's why I call it my toolkit as well. Mm-hmm. It is a tool to, to mm. feel better. And I think already when you take that tiny step, and mm. even if it's just opening this letter on your phone or, or whatever, what, wherever you have it, is movement. You, you're getting out of that, that stuck sense, you know. And you're um, proving to yourself that you're trying. Yes. And you haven't and given up on yourself. Yes. And it changes what's going on in your brain, right? Mm-hmm. You, you're, you put your focus elsewhere than on the doom and gloom. Right. And even if it's just for three minutes, but that's an achievement. What else is in your toolkit? What else is in my toolkit? Well, um, as I said earlier, my support system, 
Mm -hmm. um, I have now a good handful of people where I know if I call them and I make no sense and I'm just telling them I feel horrible and I don't, I don't have to explain it to them. Mm -hmm. They'll just say the right things. Do you, you know, tell because, them what to say? Um, no, I don't. But those are people and that's why I think it's important to know who to call because mm -hmm. I have friends who I love very much, but I know <laughs> I cannot call them in those situations. I have also relatives who I right. know I cannot call. Right. Um, so it's and kind it's of not figuring that they're out. evil. They just don't know. No, no, absolutely. No, they and don't know the language that we need to hear. Absolutely. And it is very specific language. Sometimes when I have arguments with people over how you deal with a loved one who goes through mental health problems, I always say, look, there is so much online where it actually tells you, do not put pressure on them. Mm. Just give them a hug if you can, or just, mm -hmm. you know, make them feel better without making them feel guilty mm. that they don't feel well. It's, a, it's, right. it's not that hard, really. But, right. but you have, I think the best people so far that have helped me and, and my friends and family circle were people who have experienced the feeling themselves as exactly, well. Exactly. And I don't blame anyone for not understanding it if mm -hmm. you've never been to that dark spot. Right, right. But it takes time. And I want to emphasize to people that are starting the journey, unfortunately, in this, that it's very important to find the right people. And it doesn't mean that the people that don't know how to comfort you are bad. They just yes. are ignorant. It's a new language. And for people that it comes through life, I could vouch for myself. I used to tell people, it's all in your head, snap out of it. I was the worst supporter. <laughs> I always feel like God brought it to my life so I should see differently. Because I used to say, it's all in your mind, it's all in your head, snap out of it, it's, it's in your hand. And when people, they were people that would say that to me, and I would see like, oh my God, what a mirror to what I used to say, but how wrong. Yes, it's in my mind, but I can't control mm. it. And it's so bleak and it's so hard. And I wish there is no better wish that we have of to be happy again, to smile, to see the sun like you're seeing the sun. I remember seeing in, in Boca when my daughter was maybe one and a half and she was dancing and smiling. And Ari was cheering her on and I couldn't smile. I could, and Ari looked at me and was like, don't you see this joy? I said, no, I can't smile. My heart is broken, is shattered. There's nothing that will bring that. And at that moment, he, need, he got the reminder, oh, she's at, that, she's at that time. I get it. She doesn't, she can't smile now. Yeah, she needs to be allowed to be not okay. And she needs the comforting. She doesn't need the cheerleader's um, clowns coming, haha, ha, smile. And it's so hard for loved ones to come in that journey with us because yeah. they want us happy as well. No one wants to live with someone that's no. gray. It's very yeah. hard. So and they're right. I want myself to be happy as well. Right. It's just hard to get there, you know. I think, well, we had a very profound moment, which might be interesting actually to share. In my family, we had an, a very severe attempted suicide. So my relative, and I'm, I'm, I'm mindful of, it's not my, my story to, to share, mm -hmm. but it was a relative who was in a coma. Um, her whole body was severely damaged. And um, thank God it's all sorted now. It, it's been years ago. But I remember my family was in, in the, um, hanging out in the intensive care unit. We were thinking about the doctors that 
had to do, I think, what, 10, 12 uh, different kinds of surgery. Um, and what they feel like that someone did that, yeah, in, in uh, quotation marks, to themselves. Mm. You know, you have people you put back together there who had accidents. Mm. Um, and yeah. then you have someone who tried to commit suicide. Right. How do the doctors feel about that? Right. Um, and we talked to this doctor who did an amazing job about this. And he was like, I don't see it like that at all. I don't make a difference between any of this because depression is an illness that can be as fatal as a car accident. And there is no difference that there isn't because it is not the person that says, oh, well, I'm going to, you know, do yeah, this right. today. Right. Exactly. It is not like that. And for us, it was so important to hear that from, no from one of the doctors, because obviously we didn't judge it, but seeing everyone else, the people mm. who, you know, were all crying about loved ones there, it, it, we were struggling, you know, to, mm. to understand how to, how to categorize it, in, right. if that makes sense. Yes. And hearing from the doctor, well, this is, you know, if, if someone has cancer or broken leg. Right. It's you not know, their choice. You, no. And it's the exact same. And sometimes you need to hear that from, you know, one of the gods in white, because then it's like, yeah, he's right. There is no difference. Because, um, uh, because yeah. we do think that it's their choice. Because in yeah. human mind, we believe, oh, he chose to take that bottle of whatever that was fatal. Yeah. He chose to jump off of the roof. It yeah. was his choice. But what they don't realize is that with mental illness, the lack of choice is lack. Yeah. Like, yes. Right. So, um, which is so important to not judge anyone. Whatever happens, of course, it's a horrific, horrific situation to be in. And the news is always horrible when somebody wants to, and you have to help them to get out of that lack of choice. And like you have the letters, have something that reminds them. Yeah. Oh, come back to choice. Come back yeah. to that feeling of, yeah, maybe there is something to live for, even though it's so hard to breathe another breath. Yeah. And just taking it day by day. Yeah. 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 When did you start your journey with anxiety and depression? Um, that was after that happened. And I think I was, I was always quite strong in my family, the strong one who fixes things. And, mm. and then I completely crashed, I think in 2015, I think, or 14. So it's very recent. So it's still very recent. And then of course I, I had the incident, um, where PTSD was added, the, the traumatic thing that you can read all about my blog, uh, yes. all on my blog about so I'm not going to go into that because I think that would just be very long right. at this point. Right. But, Beforehand, um, you were a redhead, happy-go-lucky, cheerful person? I would never put it like that, I don't, I don't think, because I've always thought very deeply about life oh, okay. from, from early, from childhood onwards. But that was the time when I acknowledged that there was something wrong. That um, Acceptance, maybe. Yes. Well, yeah. And that, that I needed help from the outside. I had by that time read every self-help book under the planet, under the sun, and it just didn't do anything. And then I had a situation where my ex-boyfriend called the police because he thought I was going to try and commit suicide. Mm. He obviously knew family history and I don't blame him. He couldn't get to me. He was far away. Mm -hmm. So he sent some police over and there were some lovely guys in uniform 
who uh, knocked on my door and asked me oh. if I was okay. Right. And that was very strange, but I really, really needed that to happen. Oh, really? Because, you were yes. grateful. You oh, were... I was. Yeah. Oh. I mean, in that moment, um, I was angry, probably. <laughs> I was crying. Yeah. You know, I was at a, at a time then when I wasn't even angry. I was, I just let them in and I was just like, yeah, whatever. Uh, it was all, I don't, I didn't care anymore who was in my flat and why right this was when four or five years ago yeah yeah i think 2014 um so growing up growing up what was that what was your darkest moment growing up because it doesn't sound like you suffer you suffered from what it's called to be a deep person and trying to figure out life which is very hard yes and i feel like we tend the deep people tend to suffer with depression and anxiety because the lack of understanding and figuring it out gets us into crazy mode yeah and frustration and like trying to re refigure it out it goes into a loop yes so but did you ever have growing up a time that you said this is so dark or you never had that before um no I don't think I had one moment up until I was 18 19 where I I know I had panic attacks I just didn't know what they were back then Mm, mm. um but before that um I I just had this continuous heaviness and I am very blessed with a very loving family um, that I could talk about everything with. Mm-hmm. But my mom used to tell me, oh, well, you just carry the burden of the world on your shoulders. Exactly. And that was just an accepted thing. And being a creative, you always think, oh, well, that's what artists are like, isn't it? We all need to feel quite gloomy. Um, and I think in recent years that, I don't know, that thought was just like, no, hold on. Only because I write things and I reflect on society and I ask mm-hmm. big questions, that doesn't mean I have to feel horrible all of the time. That can't come with a job description. Right. But so for that amount of time, I'd always just accepted it for like, well, you know, who, what artist was happy-go-lucky in, in the great history, you know, and of right. course you measure yourself with, with the great artists of, of the world. Right. Yeah, I, I think it, because it, it was always a feeling that was accompanying me um wherever i went i would have very dark moments Mm. i just thought that was normal because you don't know what when you grow up you don't know what's normal right right you don't have a point of reference of how someone else feels 24 7 right so i think as an adult you start reflecting more Mm. on on like okay is it actually normal that i cry every morning and that I find it so hard to even get myself into the shower or not even shower, but put on clothes. Mm. Why is this so hard all of a sudden? Mm. And I do think the more responsibility you, you have as you know, a, a young adult and then later on, it does become harder to deny the fact that you're not maybe functioning fully. Right. And I always say, well, because people ask me, when should you start doing therapy or when should you maybe consider a medication and i'm always saying well you have to individually sit down with yourself and see is this feeling are these bad feelings impacting me how much are they impacting me and the people around me yes so it's it's a very personal uh, equation isn't it like you just have to see um if i can't function then that's probably 
a signal that you right. maybe need to ask for help and that's right. okay. And also sometimes therapy is just help, helpful to see where we're holding. I just um, yeah. Sometimes people don't need therapy if they have somebody very close to them that they can trust. Talk to. Talk yeah. to. But unfortunately, some people don't have that. So put yourself into therapy. Try to figure it out with some professional. And because it, I don't think it's something that a friend can tell you. Yeah. Like, I, I don't think it's a very broad shoulders to take upon yourself to say, okay, this is what you need. This You need medication. This is what your diagnosis is because it's not our place, but we could support them to get the proper help to analyze for them to dig deep. Just by the fact that they ask you that, I think that's already code red. You need help. Yes. I think people who consider it probably benefit from, from speaking to a therapist at least once or a doctor or, you know, right. because I, I made that mistake. I was thinking about it for years. Really? I was thinking, ah, oh, should I? Yeah, because I was buying was all the these stigma? books. And was it the stigma, you think? No. Um, I think I've always been very open. Yeah, I, d I don't think I... Mm, I don't actually... This is a good question uh, that I've never thought about. Why have I always been so open about this? I never felt shame about asking for help. Mm -hmm. um, but I never trusted that I could get help mm. in the sense that I also, you know, on a good day, I'm uh, very self-confident mm. and, you know, I, I help others. I'm the right. one who sits down with you. And talks about, yes. Right. And I thrive on that. And, you know, right. I, I like that. So I had that feeling that, okay, well, who no else can fix gonna... me? Yes, exactly. <laughs> if I right. can't do it, and I'm right. so good at it, right, right. Then I was anyone else, and that's why I needed these police guys in my living room drinking tea with me, which was bizarre, <laughs> telling me, "Okay, well, maybe it's time now. You've tried." Because I told them, you know, they asked mm -hmm. me about my life story, and they said, "Maybe you've tried long enough now to help yourself, and maybe you just let someone else try it." Right. And at that point, I was like, yeah, okay, well, take me to the hospital. And, and off we serious? went. Did you yeah. really? Yeah, I wasn't, I, w I didn't stay in the hospital. Um, they took me there because obviously I was not in a good place. Right. I had no intention of, of harming myself whatsoever. Right. But you, you just never know. You, you just wanted, never know. Right. Yeah. Right. And they were worried. So they uh, took me to the hospital in, the am in an ambulance. Paramedics came as well. Where um, was this? London? This was or? in London. Yeah, yeah, in London. And I remember being escorted out of my house with the two police guys, two oh paramedics, my. Oh my God. and the neighbors, because there were there were quite a few uh, stores right next to me, and the neighbors looking at me, and I was just like, oh God, okay, well, this is the <laughs> not-so-fun part. Um, right. But everyone was absolutely lovely. And then in the hospital, I spoke to a psychologist, and she, for the first time, mentioned... Um, anxiety disorders and I had up until this point I was I wouldn't say I was an anxious person mm. I just didn't know I was you know right. I just didn't see it mm. and then I was like oh that's what that is mm. oh so that's not normal okay well I right. do this a lot you know I worry a lot wow. Wow. um and but with her we also came to the conclusion that if I stayed in the hospital I would probably be worse off because hospitals are not the you know <laughs> most fun place i'm surprised so, that she said that by the way you should send her a big thank you card yeah roses because that probably saved you because a lot of times hospitals like oh stay 
and then it feeds mm. into this and then you see more disastrous and you spiral out of control sometimes you need it because but you yeah can. but wow kudos to her no yeah she uh, well i have to say though because in the uk the health care is free right they right. do try to oh. have as many people in the hospital <laughs> it's slightly different than in the u.s oh right, right. um which okay. we you know we're very lucky in that sense that everybody right. can get help immediately right. But right. I think the important factor was that she knew that I had someone coming to look after me. Okay. Because my ex-boyfriend was on his way. She would have not sent right. me away if the alternative was to go back home by myself. Okay. And I was literally babysat by my friends for another, I think, 10 days. Right. And they had, you know, they always had someone with me um, right. because it was like the most, yeah, the, the worst time then I've, I've had and that kick-started therapy and um, medication and, and all of that right um, back then yeah but you know what I'm just thinking as you're speaking that the culture in Germany and London is so reserved very private very we don't, not like America oh today I'm happy tomorrow I'm sad oh this is horrible that happened very reserved so you're very outspoken for your culture probably I think in the UK, I am. In Germany, I think we're a lot more like, uh, we're a lot more like Americans, I think, in the really? sense that we say, yeah, that we say things as they are. Oh. Uh, in the UK, you're 100% right. Mm. Um, even after a decade there, I sometimes, I just had an email today where I was like, I wonder if she meant something else by saying this sentence. And oh. I sent this to my friends. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, is she just politely telling me to fuck off or you know right, whatever right. i i just don't know i don't know if you have to beat that by the way um <laughs> but see this is me being just very blunt <laughs> but um yeah you're right in the uk i think the stigma uh issue is still bigger because people generally um aren't as open and politeness is a huge deal there right. but um i think to be honest it's very hard for me to judge the whole stigma situation because i live in this bubble now where mental health is sort of a 24 7 thing i'm very surrounded by people who talk so openly about it and it's the same um i do some stuff about body positivity and embracing all shapes and mm -hmm. i was speaking to this amazing um body positivity blogger and she was also saying well we think everything has changed and now the society is all inclusive but that's the bubble like you and me exactly. right um and where for us percent yes and if we're, loud, it, we're loud we're mm loud -hmm. but it's still small percent yeah. because there's still people and that's why silence yeah and that's why i think it's so important to have podcasts like like yours because the more we can the more material we can generate about the stuff that's right. how we eventually remove it but i think we're still far from it i don't yeah. think if i say the average person i don't mean that in a bad way but if you think of a dinner party situation I, I think there are very few people who just then say, oh, yeah, well, I've just come home from my therapist and, mm. um, you know, I've suffered a panic attack yesterday and I had to breathe into a bag in Leicester Square or, you right. know, yeah. Oh, another thing in my toolbox, actually, chocolate. <laughs> Tiny <laughs> piece of dark chocolate because then my senses take over, right? Like right. I, I feel the texture and taste and, and that's for me for panic attacks. Right. Not something only, that's... but chocolate in general is something mm. that brings happiness in general, but yeah. it's a very good technique for panic attacks because yeah. sometimes we can't even feel, we go numb. Yeah. 
and you have to bring yourself back into the present moment. And mm. I think some people um, name everything around them or you can count. But for me, I found if I have really dark chocolate and I mean, it could be anything like mm. something strong that you like, it takes like my focus goes to my taste buds for mm. that amount of time. And it gives me that little break from the panic attacks. Um, and that's usually all it takes, all I need to break to it. Then, yes. To break so that loop. For me. Yeah. Wow, yeah. what a good tip. Thank you. Do you still <laughs> get panic attacks nowadays? Full yeah, I do. Um, yeah, um, that, but that has more to do with the PTSD stuff um, mm. that I've only sort of recently, I think, overcame. Well, I don't really want to jinx it. I don't think you ever overcome anything with mental mm. health. It's always a companion. Right. Um, but yeah, I do still get them. But um, recently I've managed to not go deep into it. Okay. But there can be triggers, touch wood, there won't be any, but um, I I know that certain situations, the fear will kick in just because I've witnessed some horrific stuff. And it's just, you know, part of it is also a good response because it's my body and my soul trying to protect myself. Protect, protect. Right. So it's, it's all in a, you know, it all needs to be balanced, I suppose. Did you ever use holistic medicine like healers or meditation or stuff like that? Or you're yes. simply old school therapy? No, I've, I've tried everything because I was so desperate at times that um, I now I have a great selection, I think, of, of therapists and shamans. Right. Um, I do Reiki as well. And I'm a big fan of meditation. We recently, uh, we started going to this Buddhist meditation group, um, which is a new level for me because I don't like sitting still for very long, but right. um, I can feel it, it's helping me. I'm, I chant as well. A healer in LA was telling me that for me, it's good to chant. So right. I do that. Um, okay. And do you feel these things are helpful? Yes. And I don't think it's, I, I, I've talked so much about, um, with so many people, um, about the placebo effect. And you can say the same about medication as well. We don't really know right. how it all works. And I always think whatever works for you, mm-hmm. whether it's someone, you know, chanting around you and spitting holy water on your forehead, right. if that works, great. great. Don't question it. <laughs> exactly. Go with you it. Know? Right. And don't um, try yeah. to look for approval. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, just be okay with the fact that you're feeling better and just say, okay, this works for me because a lot of people are going to roll their eyes and also choose choose wisely who you're looking to share it with because mm-hmm. some people are, will not be so inviting to hear things that are not straightforward and then yeah. it starts doubting yourself. Am I really crazy? Am I imagining? Is it really helping me? And if something works, stick to it and be happy that you have it. Yes. Celebrate the day that it was found, you know, and created. Yeah. yeah, it's it's so important to know who we share things with. And you share a lot. How much how much do you how big of a community did you think that you you help by sharing? Like I think Oh, I don't know. <laughs> you must have a lot of people reaching out to you about oh, yeah. constantly. Um I do. And I'm really, really grateful for every message that I get because people always think that my blog helps other people, but in actual fact, it makes me feel just as connected. Hmm. So whenever I get a message from someone saying, oh, I read this and I felt less alone, Hmm. I write them back, you know what, right now I feel less alone. Oh, wow. Because we've just connected over this and we're both in this, in this thing. And 
you know, they're all in a sense strangers, right? Most of them. I mean, we used to be strangers, right, right. but as you know, from, from us, when you share the experience of that dark place, mm. you already have more in common than with most of right. the people around you right. that are within physical reach. Right. So, um, I'm very grateful for that community, um, because it absolutely is a, is a two way road. No question about that. Do you have ever dreams of creating something very big for the mental health world? Oh God. Yes. I, I dream big. What? What? Give me one. Yeah. Thing. We've, well, we've, um, there's like a group of other mental health bloggers in London as well. And we got together because, uh, we were planning, we still kind of are, but you know, it's difficult, a big mental health fair in London mm. that, would actually invite people to also share but also not put pressure on them if they didn't the very delicate dance right, right? because right. everybody has the right to not be outspoken about it right right and at the same time you kind of want to make it not fashionable but you want to make it okay right. that just Safe. as you would talk yes as you would talk about a headache mm. you know no one is going to feel ashamed about a headache mm -hmm. You can say, oh, you know, I'm a headache today. You can say, well, I'm feeling low today. Right. That's okay. Right. But we're not there yet, but we were planning um, a bigger event and try to get some, some celebrities to talk about their experience. And especially when it comes to men as well, because I think the female community is miles ahead mm. uh, globally, I think. Right. Um, and when it comes to men, there is still a lot of work to be done that, yeah, gender right gender stuff you know a man right. has to be strong and right right all that fun stuff that right gets, right yeah Big, bigger than i can even like even fathom i'm like we'll stay with the gender that we recognize it's good oh uh, yeah 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 you know because it's a big yeah. it's a big thing to attack and to also like we say about mental health we don't understand until you're in it i think mm. also as a male we don't understand their Oh yeah. Um, how how it affects their whole way, sense of being. It's easy for yes. us as a feminine to say, okay, it's easy to be delicate, flower, emotional, but maybe for them it's really hard. And it's not their language. Completely and, different. Yeah. So it's easy for us to say, oh, it's easy for us, but it's really we don't understand. It's not. Their yeah. Their challenges in it. So I totally agree with you on that. Yeah. There's there's a lot of work that needs to be done there. But I would love to come. If there's ever an event, you know I'll be. Oh, God, yeah. You'd be the you first know. one to be invited. You know it. <laughs> I, I would, I, like, my dream is to have um, an open platform with workshops for three days, bring professionals and the, just people like us that struggled and yeah. share the journeys and make a sense of community, but in a recyclable way. Like, once you feel like you got to a healing point, pay it forward. And oh, I love that. It has to be like a recycle. And because I really feel that part of my journey of healing was giving it, paying it forward. And my constant yeah. afloat of being okay, which is never okay, but I'm saying that not having to go back on medication and, and having to, and the ability to leave my healer and to live and to heal myself with my yes. mind without a crutch. I feel was the fact that I was able to, to invite others, like you say, into like when someone's sending you a response to your blog, they're really helping you. They're really helping you because you feel a sense of community. And yeah. by giving is getting, really giving is getting. And it's, it's so, so, so big. 
So we heard it here first, yeah. right? You're going to yeah. do that? Yes. <laughs> I, I'll happily participate. Yes, God willing, um, it's going to be. I want, to, I, I want to have um, bring, bring change to mind. They're full of celebrities in L.A. I think they're in mm-hmm. L.A. No, in San, San Francisco. They're all about breaking the stigma, but in, they're starting f- in schools. They're starting oh, wonderful. School, yes, to bring awareness to mental health and breaking the stigma in community, which is so important nowadays because the suicide rate is going up. Yeah, it's so, so important. So what's your plan for the summer? Um, My plan for the summer is to figure out where I will be living Mm because I'm still uh, just me and my suitcase. So I'm going back to London uh, Wednesday and then I'll stay there and then I'll hop around a bit more. But I'm trying to come up with a sort of master plan, which already worries me. So I should probably not think about that too much. Yeah, but um, the master plan is going through the journey of it because there is no exactly. master plan really. There is no. Of. But you see how easily, right? I also tap into the whole the whole pressure thing. I put right. a lot of pressure on myself, and then I'm like, no, 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 Mari, remember, this is the thing we don't do anymore. Right. We just live day by day. So right. um, I have no idea what's going to happen this summer. Mm. That is okay. the truth. Okay. <laughs> but maybe we'll meet maybe either in Israel. Or- oh yeah. Oh Israel. Yes. You need Maybe to show me Tel Aviv. Yeah. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. I'm going to ask you two more questions. Where people can mm-hmm. find your amazing talent of your blog, on Instagram. I know you have a very strong presence on Instagram. Where do you like yeah. um, talking about mental illness the most? I think for me, it is, I, I do have a website, which is just my name. Um, so it's uh, maristracker.com. Um, but I engage the most, I think, on my Instagram, which is also just my name. We'll have it in the show notes. Yeah. And I think what I like about it is that it's immediate. I can talk to people there. People can comment. And it's a little bit like um, a diary in a way that it it has become that for some reason. And I like it that it's very direct and very in the now. Right. Uh, I don't don't sit for like days and days and write, uh, like when I write my guest articles, I obviously write them over a course of time, you know, but with those blog posts on Instagram, it is the, the raw, the pure moment. And I think that's what, what works as well on there. Right. Definitely follow her on Instagram. She's also a lot of fun. Like (laughs) always different faces, different expressions (laughs) and always very beautiful. Always. So Mari, what does hope mean to you? Hope to me means to feel a sense of joyous excitement it feels it, it means to me that if i feel hope i have a sparkle in my eye wow i i think um mm. you know you could still have a tearful eye mm-hmm. but there is just there is a spark mm-hmm. it's not it's not numb there is okay. the tiniest it doesn't have to be big okay. but there is the spark that you think oh Maybe, right. maybe there's something there. I think that's hope for me. Very nice. Well, thank you so much. I could sit with you forever and ever and ever. I know. <laughs> and dissect this. And I'm probably going to have you many more times on this show. Well, I love talking to you. Thank Just you. as we did back then. In yes. Manhattan. 
Yes, thank you for joining me. Thank you for being part of this community. Thank you for breaking the stigma for all of our, as Mary calls it, us fellow crazies. She calls <laughs> us fellow crazies, uh, right? Is that the way you Yes, us? with so, a lot of love. With a lot of love. I'm, I'm one of you, so. Right, right, right. And only somebody that's in it can laugh about it. So thank you for doing your work in um, a sense of community, a sense of permission to be not okay at moments. And giving yeah. hope and inspiration and tips and motivation to for those that are struggling in the now. And it really helps the world. So continue, Well, thank you for having me. And continue doing your good work. And, and hopefully we can write this beautiful, beautiful book of where Mari ended up with her journey of everything, <laughs> mental health, acting, writing. And um, it's... You'll, well... Yeah, I have a book in the making, by the way. Yay! So um, um, that's something you'll actually be hearing about in the next few months, I think. And what's so the topic? It is um, how to travel with anxiety and depression <gasps> and how to overcome trauma. So Wait, what? <laughs> my first question was about traveling with... Oh my yeah. gosh. So and I didn't know that's... that, by the way, guys, I did not know this about it I did we didn't speak before we actually hopped on the phone now so I didn't know about this book and I didn't know what the topic was so yeah ooh. so that's actually uh, just just you know tiny things sprung into my mind something wow, to nice. maybe look out for yeah do you have a date when you want to publish it when you want to go no um well I've, I've I'm writing it at the moment but I'm also now shopping around a book proposal Mm. Um, because I want to do it right. And I think it deserves, you know, the kind of space. I don't want to rush into any kind of self-publishing, although I think that's a great new way to do things. Right. But um, yeah, if there are any, any publishers out there, yes. come in contact yes. me. I have a lot of stories yes. to tell. So um, we're going to put yeah. in the show notes all the places we can hook up with you and Thank chat you. with you and get support from you. Looking forward to seeing you soon. God willing. Yes, you too. And Thank regards you. to your parents and enjoy your rest of Thanks the trip. Thanks so much. In and to your gorgeous family. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Talk soon. Thank you for joining us and taking the time to listen. I really appreciate it. Please hit the subscribe button so you can hear further episodes. If you are listening to us on iTunes, please leave feedback and ratings below. Let us know if there's any topic that you would like to hear from us in the future. Bye till next time.